recording whenever you're ready to kick it off. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Is For podcast. Tonight, I will be the host, Mr. Baby Gator in the house. Uh, as always, Danger and Sarge are here running the show, the masterminds behind this this thing. Uh, I've been gifted the letter C, which I was pretty excited about because I want to talk about creepy pasta. Now, does everybody know what creepy pasta is? Well, let's pretend like there's at least one listener who's half listening that doesn't know. I thought you were going to stop right there. Let's pretend we have one listener. <laughs> um, no. So creepy pasta is basically the internet equivalent of an old school urban legend. It's the 21st century version of the urban legend. It started off with the term copy paste because it originated with email chain letters and message boards um, back in the infancy stages of the internet. As time has gone on, copy paste turned to copy pasta and that sounded stupid so it became creepy pasta um not that you know a uh as as we said earlier vigilante fettuccine doesn't necessarily sound a lot better but uh you know creepy pasta has a has a decent ring to it i would totally read a blog called vigilante fettuccine I feel like that would be a really good like 1930s like mob drama, you know, like or it's, it's like an Italian detective. <laughs> it, 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 Joe it sounds like a group of teenagers trying to form a punk band that are all Italians in like 19. Hmm. That does sound like a solid punk band name from the Bronx. Yeah. So they a lot of these don't make it very far. <laughs> no, no, they don't. So. A lot of these urban legends sort of get passed down by word of mouth, you know, generation to generation. But when the men in the 90s, people were able say to that, start sharing these things. Say that again. That entire statement. What did I? Again. Okay. Go for you it. have to keep in mind, I can see Steven's face and he makes these faces and I don't know what they mean. I don't know if it's like I sound funny or he's well, just well, enjoying himself. So we're. So we're still in the middle of COVID. So all you all you listeners out there, we're still in the middle of COVID. Luke lives out in the middle of fuck nowhere, and he's That's remote in his literally in his closet, doing this recording. And his last statement, he kind of cut out. Of it. Oh, okay, all right, okay. So you could have just said, "Hey, you cut out a little bit." But all the other stuff is a little unnecessary. No, the, 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 the barbs, the jabs, the twists, I mean, it's it's worth it. I'm sorry. Okay. I think one of us did say something similar to say that again. Oh. Okay, you're right. I'll give you that one. So what I was saying was a lot of these uh, creepypastas started off as urban legends, but when the uh, internet came about, they were able to start sharing them Thank quicker and easier. Yeah, about that. So moving on, um, the the reason that I said they were called copy pasta in the beginning was because the the first way that these were shared was through email chain letters and real primitive message boards. Um, 
you, I don't know if anybody will remember these, but I do remember getting emails back in the day where it would tell you some like horrible ghost story about some haunted doll with some evil spirit in it or something. And if you read the whole thing at the very end, it would say, and if you don't send this to 25 people by midnight, it's coming after you and remember, you know, stuff I like that. I remember those emails. I remember it was, um, send this to 20 people or you'll have bad luck. And now it's, if you don't open this email, you'll have a small penis forever. I, mean, I don't know who you guys are friends with or who gets your email address. I have never once had an email that said, open this or have a small penis. Whatever well, let me just tell you. I, I've never had one that's like a, a terrible ghost is going to come and attack you. Uh, never well, in my life. Yeah, I've never, had well, let the, me just... I've never had the one that if you don't open this, then a spirit's going to attach itself to you. Look, I have antivirus. Go ahead. So I'm talking about like when I was in like eighth and ninth grade, like when people were just getting these emails and they would just forward them on to everybody. And let's put it this way. They weren't like necessarily super common, but they were kind of the beginning of this whole creepypasta thing. Um, And with all that being said, that Nigerian prince still owes me money. Okay, he said I, he was going to send me some money, and I, I just imagine I there's it. a Nigerian prince somewhere that's just looking at his wife, going, "Nobody wants my money." <laughs> <laughs> so, with the the creepy pasta thing kind of kicked off proper in about 2001 with a story by the name of Ted the Caver. Now, this story came about with this guy, obviously named Ted, who him and his buddies were going to go do some cave exploring. They went to this place called Floyd's Tomb. Now, the story claims that this is Ted's journal. And in the journal, he writes about going down into these caves and hearing all these noises. And, you know, it's, it's a dark cave. They can't see everything, but they would come back out with scratches and bruises and stuff. They couldn't explain how they got them. Uh, their dogs would stand outside of the, the entranceway and bark and howl like they wouldn't go in, like there was something in there. So they come out. Ted goes back home, and after he gets home, he starts experiencing things. He starts seeing stuff, hearing strange noises, and he starts to think that maybe something followed him from the cave. So, again, in these quote-unquote journals uh, that he's posting online on these message boards, he puts that he needs to go back to the cave and find out what happened. And that was the last journal entry. Dun, dun. Until 20, 2004, when he decides to tell everybody that it was all a joke and none of it was true. Spoiler. So, yeah. spoiler alert, it ain't real. So, that was in 2004. And between 2004 and 2008, this kind of continued. People would share these stories and stuff would pop up online. But in 2008 is when creepypasta.com got started. And that's when all these places had like a central location. People could post these things, share these things. And that's when it really started to take off. Um, Now, 2009 came another website that also kicked this off. uh, But it was a little bit more aggressive. It was called somethingawful.com. Um, oh, I believe. Awful. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, I was going to say both of these websites are still active, I believe. Um, 
I can't in good conscience tell you to necessarily visit them. Creepypasta.com is cool. I mean, that, that one is what it sounds like. Um, something awful though is mm, I, I didn't stay on it very long. Um, Are you however, about your browser history? No, no, it's seen a lot worse than that. Um, just, just due to the content, it is a bit, uh, um, were you on your work did, computer? I'm always on my work computer. Um, <laughs> however, the reason something awful is important is because they had a Photoshop contest. And a guy by the name of Eric Knudsen uh, started this uh, or, or entered into this. And he created a picture of a group of school children playing on a playground. And if you look in the background, you can see a very tall, very thin figure kind of overlooking the playground. Does anybody know who this is? It's your uncle that's no longer allowed near the schools. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> oh, <fair enough. laughs> yep, you're exactly right. That was the beginning of Slenderman. And I think, honestly, to this day, Slenderman is probably still the most famous um, creepypasta example out there. Which I think um, that that's probably due to the, the stabbing. Okay, so this started off as some pictures. And to kind of go along with the, the Photoshop contest, uh, this uh, Mr. Knudsen went on to create fake uh, newspaper articles. Um, there's also a... Uh, uh, a YouTube channel called Marble Hornets um, that has a a, a series of of kind of like shorts that involve a Slenderman like character, and so this Slenderman idea is is all over the zeitgeist. And around 2014, these two 12 year old little girls in Wisconsin said that. Basically, they were visited by the Slender Man or that they had had some kind of interaction with them and they needed to offer him a sacrifice. So they proceeded to stab their friend 19 times. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Yeah, right. So luckily, uh, the, the, the girl did um, recover and, and she, it, it didn't kill her. Wait, can um, we... Can we talk about for a second? Yeah, that, I'm already We need to address this issue. The girl was stabbed 19 times, and then she crawled her way out of the middle of the woods. I think it was like three miles she crawled, and then flagged mm-hmm. down a car. And then somebody stopped. <laughs> Which good on them. Yeah, but, I mean, kudos to them, but let's, let, let, let's back this bus up. Two girls stabbed a third, right? I'm going to get my story right. <laughs> 12-year-old girls. Two 12-year-old girls. I haven't gotten to the age part yet. Okay? <laughs> age, age is a number like 911, but we'll get there in a second. Okay? Two girls stabbed a third 19 times. Mm-hmm. We're not talking two toddlers. Nope. We're not talking two 10-year-olds. We're talking two pre-teens, almost teens, know what they should be doing if you've been used a knife long enough to cut meat i mean mm-hmm. first off one's a slacker because it's not even number strikes okay secondly what were they stabbing her with a toothpick i that i don't know and and i'm guessing it was you, just two kitchen knives 
But I still. Mean, yeah. Probably, yeah. But you know, and and times you could get you couldn't get it right nineteen times. So, so really, so, this is a commentary on failure. It is absolutely a commentary on failure. <laughs> now, on the flip yes. side of failure, though, uh, and most of you guys probably know this, uh, especially the people that would listen to this podcast, there have been several video game uh, adaptations <laughs> of Slenderman. Um, Slenderman in the Eight Pages is genuinely. F- Chilling. It is a very creepy game to play. Um, Slenderman and what? Slenderman and the Eight Pages. Okay. Essentially, you huh. you walk through a dark, creepy forest trying to find pages, and Slenderman is following you. And it is slow and dark and quiet, and it freaks me the hell out. I played it a couple of times, and it is it's good. It's good. Now I, there was I, I, also I get a soundboard so I can get uh, Mr. Burns going excellent. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a really really bad Hollywood movie that came out a couple years ago based on the Slender Man. Do not watch it. It's stupid. It's very very stupid. Well, I know that um, they actually you mentioned Marble Hornets. Uh, they actually made a movie yeah. called Marble Hornets, and instead it was portrayed by Doug Jones, who uh, who also did Silver Surfer and was in the. Guillermo de Toro movies and stuff. So. The Shape of Water, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's probably a much better um, example. So, mo- moving on from that kind of a heavy situation with the little girl and stuff, this seems like a really good time to bring up something that is known as crappy pasta. Uh, crappy pasta. Crappy pasta. Yes, crappy pasta is just as much fun as it sounds. It's literally people that are kind of, to, to quote the British, taking the piss a little bit on these creepy pastas. Um, one of the most popular things to do is start we sounding like you're. To have a guest. Oh, yeah? Okay. Can you hear her? A little bit. Tell her to say hey, yell she's, louder. She, she's scared. <laughs> Anyways, so taking the piss. Oh, so, yeah, okay, so crappy pasta. A really good example of a crappy pasta is where you basically start like you're telling a very serious story. You talk about some tragic accident where an evil spirit is taking over and there's all these scary things that are going to happen, and then a skeleton pops out. That's it. It's like the universal punchline of a crappy pasta. People will sit there, the edge of their seat, goosebumps, and then a skeleton popped out. So it's basically like an amateur Stephen King starts writing a story and hands it off to a eight-year-old. <laughs> uh, I would actually say, being someone who has read several Stephen King novels and a skeleton popped out, is better than some of the endings of Stephen King novels. Okay, moving well, I just, on. I just meant he started the story. <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, just joking. Um, okay, so uh, there's there's several other ones that have come up at varying levels of popularity. Uh, a few that are kind of well-known is uh, Laughing Jack. I, I, have I you heard of that one before? Jack. Okay, so in 2015... Um, a 12-year-old murdered their stepmother. And okay. they said that it was Laughing Jack made her do it. 
similar so to the Slenderman. Very similar. Laughing Jack is a uh, like a clown who befriends children's uh, who befriends children and then makes them murder people. Again, I would really want to know what the uh, the uh, origin of. I mean, now granted, clowns can tend to be creepy, and I think clowns are creepy based on the sole fact that the guy playing it could be having a shit day and could have, you know, his wife could have left that day, but he paints on a smile and goes out. But sure, sure. I want to know what the origin of the clown being creepy is. Was it it? I feel like again, being a being a, I made that joke earlier, but I am a very big Stephen King fan, and I have read it. Um, tough read. It is. A, it's. I wouldn't say a tough read, but it is a long read. Um, you have to be pretty committed. Um, that is one of the first examples of a clown yeah. being a threatening figure. But right. the idea was that the clown lures the kids in because he is not a threatening figure. He is a friendly, loving clown. Kids right. love clowns. So they trust Pennywise until he gets them kind of in his grasp. And that's when he changes into all these other creatures and right. stuff to, to scare people. So, so Pennywise, the clown from it, is sort of kind of the first menacing clown, but at the same time, as the clown, he wasn't really supposed to be menacing. No. He was supposed to like lure the kids in. I um, think it's I think it's the uh, the whole we know what's coming sort of thing. Right. End up making yeah. It. Yeah. Now, if you want to go way way back to the twenties and thirties and stuff, um, not necessarily clowns. But the circus within mm -hmm. itself was a scary idea. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking of the movie Freaks, which <laughs> did not have a scary clown, but it was like these like harmless things that are made for your entertainment might be a little more uh, macabre than than you might be Probably thinking. Master. So. Well, I know the uh, the the freaks uh, that you're talking about, and I feel like that was more of the Less the circus and more of the sideshow. True, true. That that is true. That I is mean, true. I mean, th think about it this way: uh, uh, the original Puppet Master movie. If you've ever seen that, mm -hmm. phenomenal movie. I wouldn't call mm -hmm. it phenomenal, but go uh, on. for what it is, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean little phenomenal is a bit of a strong word, well, but go I ahead. Mean, for 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 little puppets that come to life and do some awful things, I would say sure. I would say good. I think it, I think. The premise of the movie was a great idea. I think it was very limited by the technology of the time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And then, you know, have you did you ever see the movie uh, Phantoms with Ben Affleck? And, yes. Uh, I mean, that was, I don't think I've seen that one. It's 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 creepy pasta. It's about a small town that just magically just everyone it disappears. Ooh, okay. It's actually so really good. So doing a little bit of Googling here, this is kind of interesting. I Googled first evil clown. And do you know what it actually suggested might be the first example? Bozo the Clown. The Joker. The Joker first appeared in DC Comics in 1940. Okay. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. They said Pennywise in Stephen King's It was in 1986, mm -hmm. and that is kind of 
the the origins i think of like the way we think of the creepy clown of today but clowns from outer space which god i love that movie now that's a phenomenal movie (laughs) that's a movie okay that's that fits so strongly into the it's so bad it's good (laughs) yeah for sure for sure so getting back to the creepy pasta things couple more things um so we'll edit all this shit out it's fine um I, I figured as much. So there's a um, another category of creepy pastas, the creepy pasta TV show. Yeah. Now there's there's shows that either exist, but they had these weird dark episodes that didn't get aired, or they're just shows that some people say existed, but there's no real footage. And some of these are harder to do now. Because of the internet, you can look up most episodes and stuff like that. But they're also easier to fake. So there's a couple in particular. And again, I'm not necessarily saying you should go watch these because they are as disturbing as they sound. But uh, a really good example of one that I found was Squidward Suicide. There was a creepy pasta that there was an episode of SpongeBob where Squidward commits suicide. Now, did that actually ever happen? The animators are probably not stupid enough to actually do that. But because the, you know, the story gets told over and over and over, people with some free time on their hand animated it and made it. And it's not a lot of fun to watch. So, um <laughs> There's another one called Dead Bart. Simpsons, Bart dies. It's a very similar kind of thing. Now, uh, there is, however, something called the Censored Eleven. This is true. The Censored Eleven are 11 actual Looney Tunes episodes that were banned. Yes. And that is due to racism and just the time in which they were made. So those early Looney Tunes episodes, there was just a strong presence of casual racism. Well, you know, unfortunately that was kind of what it was like back in those days. And so uh, what's crazy is that's still kind of happening today. I just realized not that long ago, I'm a huge Simpsons fan and we have Disney plus it has every episode of the Simpsons. This podcast no, it is doesn't. sponsored by Disney Plus. Hold on. No, especially not now because they took off sponsored. Because <laughs> they took off one of my favorite episodes. There's an episode from season three called Stark Raving Dad, where Homer goes to a mental asylum. And while he's there, he befriends this great big fat white guy who says he's Michael Jackson. Yeah. So there's I've 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 read a couple books on this and there's conflicting reports, but the the general theory seems to be that Michael Jackson did indeed do the voice of the character, but there's a musical number that comes up later with some singing, and Michael Jackson does not do the singing. He was contractually obligated to not sing, but he does do the voice of the character. Now I don't know if it's just sort of the wokeness of Disney or, or what exactly, but that episode is not available on Disney plus. Hmm. So it's kind of, kind of interesting there. So um, I know we're getting kind of near the end of our time. So I want to leave with one more creepy pasta that 
I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word my favorite, but the one that I find most interesting. So not your and favorite, that is, favorite. it's, like it's kind of like when you, child, right? It's easy well, to do when there's one, but when there's multiple, you kind of have to lie. Like, no, I'm I not going to my favorite. I meant more like, you know, if you're if you're into true crime and you're into serial killers, you don't want to say, well, this one's my favorite serial killer, you know, um, but that would be Ed. No, but that would be Ed Gein for me. So Ed, Ed Gein, he's he's cool. Uh, so um, have either one of you ever heard of the Momo challenge? Yes. No, not the challenge, oh. but I know of Momo. I mean, my kids were trying okay. to tell me about it and I just can't wrap my head around what the hell. The moment okay. Okay. So here's how it started in 2018, mostly in Asia and South America, there was this, um, this app called the WhatsApp, and it was kind of like a way to text and, and IM each other. And people were getting this, um, they, they found this profile on there named Momo and the picture of Momo. If you've never seen this thing, you need to look it up. It will haunt you. It is so creepy looking. It's actually based on a, uh, it's a piece of art by a, um, gosh, I, I didn't write her name down, but, but an artist, I believe she is also Asian of Asian descent and it's called mother bird. And it is, if you just Google Momo or mother bird, it, it'll, pop right up but it is a creepy picture oh so the the momo so the momo challenge started (laughs) by people they would dare each other to talk to momo and the idea was you would start texting this thing and nobody knows who it was that that mother bird that crazy stretched out face with the big eyes that is momo was all you saw and once you started texting them they would start messaging you back and it would be very disturbing and they would send you graphic pictures and stuff like that and like nudity or no 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 as in like corpses and bottle body mutilations and stuff like that um so it's like uh, and what was it called uh that that website Faces of death. Yes. Faces. of Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So, um, basically again, same kind of thing as, as the slender man thing, they found a, a young girl who committed suicide. And when they checked on like why or what she did, they checked her phone and they saw that she had been corresponding with this Momo. Um, Remember the name of the show, people. It's Creepypasta. I can't tell you any of this is true. This is the story. So this is the part that fascinates me now. So that's kind of like an urban legend thing or whatever. Every once in a while, this pops back up in uh, the mainstream news. And it was only about a year or so ago um, in 2020 or maybe 2019 that they were talking about um, Momo popping up on kids youtube videos they were saying that their child is sitting there watching a video of a a seven-year-old building a lego castle when all of a sudden that momo face pops up and it starts telling the kids to go do things sometimes it starts out harmless enough like hey go turn on the stove hey why don't you throw your toys out the window and then it's like 
hey, why don't you get a knife and see how deep you can cut your arm and stuff like that. Now, here's the funny part, though. When this comes out on the news, I don't know how many times I saw on Facebook. My kid's never seen it. But she has a friend at school whose cousin saw it when he was watching it. So it's real. So it just goes right back. It's one big, huge circle from the urban legends to the creepypastas. Something happened online. Word of mouth spreads it like wildfire. And you get things like Momo popping up in your YouTube videos, scaring your kids. Hold on. Hold on a second. So... Your daughter's friends, cousins, gardeners, best friends, brothers, neighbor saw yes. this thing. Yeah, so it's real. It's got to be real. I mean, uh, like aliens. Yeah, I that's the thing. So okay. <laughs> here's the here's the tricky part, though. YouTube Kids is YouTube Kids is not um, monitored by humans. It's monitored by algorithms, right. and it's set to pick up certain things. So it's one of those things that, like, could there be a kid's video where Momo pops up and tells them to kill themselves? Sure, it theoretically could exist, but there is also, like, no definitive proof of it. So, as the internet continues to be, like, the way we all stay in touch with each other, these creepypastas will continue to... To, to strive and, and get bigger. Just within the past couple years, there's been horror movies that are filmed exactly like what we're doing. Um, Unfriended was, was incredibly unique. It's, it's not necessarily a great movie, but I, I've really enjoyed it. It's very creepy. And then just uh, last year, a movie called host came out where a group was doing a seance through zoom, highly effective. Um, So again, with our increase of technology, this kind of creepy pasta internet spooky stuff it's just going to keep getting wilder and wilder and i'm here for it that's my thing i like it i like being creeped out it works for me well when we have more creepy pastas to bring to you ladies and gentlemen we will most certainly do it absolutely so luke i want to thank you for such an outstanding job oh thank you and uh thank you for joining us for the First time in this series, and uh, well, thank you. <laughs> You're Creepy welcome. Pasta. Creepy pasta. All right, oh, delicious. All right, later, guys. <laughs>